Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and we have a full house today. We have all the co-hosts. We have Nick, Cass, and Ash. Um, And uh, we apologize apologize to Ash because it's probably like 3 a.m. where he is across the pond. It's less sleeps till Christmas, Corey. That's the mentality Ash should have right now. That's true, Ash. You're just a day closer to Christmas. (laughs) Just remember like Kermit the Frog said. There's only... (laughs) 26 more sleeps till Christmas. And speaking that, of Christmas, oh, that's why we're Probably here. Yes, Nick, it it's is. your favorite season for the Fine. podcast. We've, we've made it so, after a long, long year. You just endure a lot of hardship during the year, then like yeah. endless horror movies, and then we let you have a Christmas episode. <laughs> here you go, bud. Here you go. Take you this. It, kid. Um, so that's what we're doing. If you clicked on this, you've seen that we're taking, what is it, 1990. 1990, that's correct. 1990 is uh, Home Alone. Um, and we're taking it straight out of 1990, and we're dropping it in the year 2000. Ten Ooh. years later. Every time we drop a movie here, I'm like, would it be called Home Alone 2000? <laughs> I feel like this one doesn't fit that because it's not a franchise. It's not a franchise. It's not Halloween. Yeah. It's not a, a psycho remake. It's just, it's just Home Alone. Yeah, okay, right. got it. Got Sounds it. Good. Still, I feel like every movie should have had Listen, 2000. If any, it's the same rules apply to the year 2000 as they do to Nintendo 64. If you don't throw 64 on the end of your game title, it's a loss. No, it's true. It's true. Well, uh, so welcome to Home Alone 2000. So, um, and that's what we're doing. We're gonna get. We're gonna give Home Alone a fresh face with a 2000 cast. Um, before we do that, we got to dive into um, some stuff. First of all, if you're on social media, so are we. Hey. Find us. We're on all of them. We're on the Tiki Talks and the Tweet Tweet X's and the, the I don't the know. Gram, They're as the just, kids call it. Goodness gracious, I don't even know what people. I, it's fun when you hear people on TV now, like anything sports, yeah. wrestling, where they like say, "Follow us on Twitter X." They say Twitter X. It's because no. it's like no one's oh. X is not caught on. Stop trying to <laughs> make X a thing, Elon. <laughs> so so you like follow be. us on Twitter or X. So. Um, so yeah, we're on X still, right? Oh yeah, we're, we're totally okay. on X right now. I just know people are abandoning that burning shit pretty quick. I don't know if we have uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the social media platform just to confirm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No, yeah, we haven't jumped into any sort of OnlyFans type of situation yet. Not yet. We're not. But we're, we're not, we're not far. It's getting desperate. Um, all right. So before we cast this thing, before we take Home Alone to the year two thousand and see what that movie would have looked like in the year two thousand. We have to talk about Home Alone, and we have to talk about the year 2000. So first of all, Home Alone, directed by Christopher Columbus. That's who, right. Not, um, not the Explorer. Not the Explorer. Chris Columbus. Not the problematic genocide right. Explorer. Yes. Uh, but I feel like when he was growing up, Chris Columbus was still oh. a hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 80s and 70s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. So yeah. He had a whole day to himself. So he, he got through most of his life before his name was 
a thing. Um, but yeah, he's he's done a lot. Um, Adventures in Babysitting, Home Alone Two, as you know, he did the sequel to this, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, the first two Harry Potters. I did not know that. Did. I didn't know he dipped his uh, ink in the old Harry Potter. He did. Uh, he, did. he started the whole there. thing. Uh, and then he went Harry Potter adjacent to Percy Jackson in the Lightning Thief. The you know who'd be good at developing a novel, Corey, a children's novel? I know just the guy. Christopher Columbus. So um, I saw that that franchise is coming back, apparently. after Disney is uh, doing a series now. Failed attempt at yeah. that book series. Okay. Um, little factoid here about Christopher Columbus. Um, I, let's just call him Chris Columbus. That's I good. guess he just goes by Chris. Chris Columbus was yes. previously hired by John Hughes to direct the uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a holiday oh. favorite. But after meeting Chevy Chase, which seems to be a recurring theme with people who meet Chevy Chase, <laughs> it became clear to Columbus that the two of them would not get along. So he asked Hughes if there were any other projects, and Home Alone was one of the options tossed to him. So yes, it all worked out. Yeah, it's all two classics got made back to back. Just you know, whatever we we got we got both Vacation and and Home Alone. So it just kind of worked out. Uh, this was written by John Hughes, um, which is interesting because it's not about angsty teenagers <laughs> so, exciting um but it is about kind of a dysfunctional family which was uh john hughes other niche that's true so um budget of 15 million dollars but made 285 million in the united states alone that's the true. highest grossing movie of 1990 so um wow that's a lot 15 to 285 yeah um it's a big movie was entered into the guinness book of world records as the highest box office gross comedy grossing 477 million worldwide i'm guessing that's just at the time I'm yeah sure that's yeah currently it sits at 15 not counting inflation um but barbie is currently the number one comedy of all time so. oh wow wow oh, wow wow Good for job, those barbie. of you that want to listen to our last episode you can check yeah. out barbie there um currently sits at 15 barbie. yep okay all right wow all right well Let's see what the critics had to say about Home Alone. Nick, now I know you love this movie. Are you ready for this? I'm. My body is ready to hurt it. Are you ready to hear what um, people who are paid to have opinions? They're not real people. I don't see them. IMDb, which is generated by just general audience, 7.7 out of 10. Okay. Respectable. 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 Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critics gave it a 66 out of 100. Went down a little bit. But the audience... 80 out of 10. 80 out of 100, I'm sorry. Um, Not 80 out of 10. Yeah, They just said, this movie slaps. Uh, (laughs) Metacritic gave it 63 out of 100, which again, is just critics, and critics don't like to have fun. Letterboxd, which is also just user-generated, is 3.8 out of 5. Nice. Also also very solid. Um, Roger Ebert had some things to say about this movie. He had a couple things. And just keep in mind, he is a critic, and critics apparently just didn't love this movie. He gave it 2.5 out of 4. That's that's more than that. Okay, that's it's okay. More than that. It's all right. Stretch, you know. Just a stretch. Yeah. He blames it all on a. But he saves himself by saying like, "Well, it might have just been an off day at the theater for me." That seems to how he always does. Right. It. <laughs> well, maybe I had a bad day. It's when oh, he reviews them later. Yeah. He's like, he sees something again. He's like, oh, "I was really mean to that movie back in the day. Maybe I was just mad." All right. Um, he did say if Home Alone had limited itself to the things that might possibly happen to a forgotten eight-year-old, I think I would have liked it more. What I didn't enjoy was the subplot involving the burglars. You mean the plot? The plot! <laughs> the plot? What, <laughs> <laughs> Roger? What are you talking about? They don't just show up in the third act. <laughs> yeah, this random burglar uh, showed up. I think Roger Ebert might have been a victim of burglary, maybe. He um, might have, yeah. That's hitting a tender spot. His house had exactly. just gotten robbed. <laughs> PTSDGs. <laughs> and so, oh my God, it's like seriously, the subplot. We see the wet bandits like right out the gate. They're throughout the whole movie. They're casing the neighborhood. They literally go into the house. The pizza boy lets Harry in. It's, I know. It's, yeah, he's super cool. First. The wet bandit. <laughs> Wait, it's not Harry though. Harry is the tall one. Harry is 
Marv is the tall Marv one. Marv is okay. the tall one. Yeah, here he's in the first scene as a cop. Right. Casing the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Kevin sees his little <sighs> gold tooth. Yeah. yeah. See, we're setting things up for later. Are you telling me that Joe Pesci made Goodfellas and Home Alone in the same year? Yep. That's range. Yep. That is yep. range. Right there. It's a, it's a That's a career wild. year. That's a career for him. <laughs> and Lethal Weapon 2 very shortly after as well. So, I'm just going to... Goodfellas is 90, right? Yeah, it's 1990. And like Ash said, it, uh, Lethal Weapon 2 is the year after? Yeah, Man, Joe Pesci free, was on two, run. Free is he in that one or are we talking about Joey Pants? No, Joe yeah, Pesci's in 3. Okay. Okay. I think he's Lethal Weapon I'm thinking Pesci. of Bad Boys. That's what I'm thinking. You're thinking of Bad Boys. Okay. Lethal Got Weapon is no, right, yeah. Pesci's in one of them. I know that. Okay. okay. But um, wow. Okay. Goodfellas and Home Alone in the same year. Way to go, Joe. Man. All right. Um, and then the last thing that Ebert says, which is also infuriating, um, is a real kid would probably be more frightened than this movie character and would probably cry. He might also try calling someone or asking a neighbor for help. But in the contrived world of this movie, the only neighbor is an old coot who is rumored to be the snow shovel murderer and the phone doesn't work i feel like i feel like roger eber didn't watch this mm, movie i feel like he read something like, this doesn't make any sense also i don't think he who watches the movies to say let's see how something would really go you're right let's just see how something i, I want to see a, a kid whole, cry that's a whole other reality series where they go home alone came out in 1990 but what if we threw a real child and made him think that his parents were gone what would he do yeah, it's like, what in the world does he... You wanted to watch a movie where an eight-year-old just breaks out and cries? Okay, Roger, ch- chances are the sure. parents probably wouldn't have gotten all the way on a plane without noticing right. their kid. Yeah. Like, let's just... If we're just going to poke holes in what people would actually do. Yeah. But also, the reason I don't like this is because the whole, like, first 20 minutes of the movie is Kevin wishes his family was gone. Right. He doesn't want to be rescued. We're setting up the plot yeah. and the character. <laughs> he wants to be alone. <laughs> And he is fear- like scared at first, but then he figures things out. Yeah, he goes grocery shopping and learns to cook and things. And he's not afraid he's also- of the oven downstairs anymore. And he he's- essentially the furnace excuse me. proves that he doesn't need his deadbeat family. No, <laughs> doesn't. That's the lesson learned, guys. He's also That's eight. He just reference. also is not understanding what's yeah. happening yeah, either. He's so it's he's like he's grown like up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's just say this though. How long do you think Kevin McAllister just rode that, like all with his parents, like anytime he wanted anything, for like the rest of his life? You abandoned me, went to another country. You went to Paris. How was Paris? Was it nice? Was it was it Holly and Jolly? I could have died. We were robbed. I saved us. Oh my gosh! I bet he. Yeah. You know Kevin was a manipulator after that. Like, hey mom, can I get this? No, honey, not not today. But you left me home alone. Oh god, here we go Damn again. Wait, let me go back. Oh, that old chestnut again. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's fine, mom. I'll just bring it up in therapy. <laughs> you know where I go every week now. Ever since you left me, I know. <laughs> What's so, a burglar? So, but he, right. they, they, he never mentions the robbery at any point, which is the he weird doesn't. thing about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cops all leave. No it's all. Yeah. Huh. You're right. So he has a lot of leverage that he never uses. That's true. It's I think true. he was also probably scared of getting in trouble with all the like pranks and stuff exactly. that he pulled the on the burglar. Yeah, so he's yeah, probably maybe. like he's eight. He doesn't know any better. So in his mind, he's thinking, "I'm going to get think, in trouble." I think for the doing burglar story comes out after Buzz finds out what he did to his room. He's like, "Listen, burglars broke in. <laughs> I think nobody believes him." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure you do. Whatever, that. Kevin. Yeah, okay, Kev. He's like, he does. You know what? We just figured out he doesn't even get to manipulate the situation later because they're like, you destroyed the house. <laughs> it's almost just like a just quid pro quo at that point. Okay, we left you. You destroyed the house. You're not trustworthy. So it's like the burglars came in. No, no, no. no, no Prove no, no. it. So, Prove it. Neighborhood right. in the country. All right. 
Nick, you chose. You're, you're the Christmas guy on the podcast. You chose this. I Why did. on earth did you bring us a movie that with a child star actor, knowing how much we hate casting children on the show? So listen, <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies. It's definitely one of my favorite Christmas movies. And I've been wanting to do it for multiple years now. I just haven't found the right place or time. And as we've learned over time, like you said, we hate casting children in these, in these movies because it's hard, it especially is. the further you go back. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So I tried to find just the nice sweet spot between now and then where it seemed like there was I, I was pretty much just throwing darts at a in the dark because I was like, I think this generally has a lot of kids that we know of that were in Hollywood and TV and stuff. So I felt like this was the safest spot possible. Because otherwise, I would have probably just said, went, okay, take it to the spot, but I kind of already know who I'm picking for Macaulay Culkin, which isn't fair. So I've given Ash and Cass plenty of room to just pick who they please. Okay. So, all right. But no, I mean, it's, I feel like it's just a classic that's been built in since, you know, since I've been, I've been around as I've been born. It's only two years older, younger than I am, actually. And so I just feel like it's become a holiday tradition to watch it. It's very quotable. It's very, people are always referencing it. I don't feel like it's ever, especially during the holidays has ever really escaped like the zeitgeist by any means whatsoever. No. And they're still making stupid things. Yeah. We don't talk about those, Corey. We don't, there's two, there's only two. It's only two home alone. There's only two home alones. There's only two Adams family. There's only one Corey Williams. It's true. (laughs) Except for the one that they were looking for that one time. (laughs) Except for that other Corey Williams that apparently every time I get pulled over, they think I'm him and they try to arrest me. Right. Which that guy would go away. He needs to. Um, What did the other guy do? I don't know, but he's got quite a rap sheet. Every time I get pulled over, the cops are like, we got him. I uh, thought you could escape us this time. His name's Corey Wayne Williams. If you're out so there listening, Corey Wayne Williams, stop. <laughs> Just turn yourself in. And I have to point out every time to cops like, well, my middle name's Alan. And they're like, likely story. <laughs> you probably you probably made, made that up right yeah. there. They're like, also, like this Corey Wayne guy's like in his 50s. He's like a lifetime criminal. <laughs> and it's just like, guys, I get it. You've wanted this guy for a while, maybe. It's not me. So, um, wow. all right. Well, okay. I mean, we're, I'm excited to, to do this movie. I'm, I'm mainly just the host here today. True. And I'm definitely excited to see how this goes down. Home Alone is a classic Christmas movie. It is. For sure. You know, I mean, like, yeah. it just seems like that's rare air. Mm-hmm. Somehow Elf has crowbarred its way in. But I feel like that's the last Christmas classic. Like that's bona fide, stone yeah. cold, like yeah. No, yeah. no conversation yeah. can be argument. Really yeah, I mean, it's just, it. it's one of those movies that's going to be like, it's it's almost just like is someone like lots of families are definitely going to watch it every yes. single year. Absolutely. I hate Elf. Yeah. I think it's an abysmal movie. I've never but seen like, it. Uh, that's like great. It, hey, right. keep going through life not seeing it. It's perfect. <laughs> I, I love it. I want to keep. I want to keep doing that. I got it's it. It's not a great film. I, I don't like it. It's not that great. Wow. I don't know why it's a classic. <laughs> Wait, do you have a soft spot for I, Elf? I don't have a problem with Elf like you guys do. <sighs> okay, well, it's horrible. Well, definitely so, don't check out the twenty-four hour marathon. That I happens. hate that it has a twenty. There are at <laughs> least a hundred Christmas movies deserving <laughs> of a twenty-four hour slot before Elf. It's like, oh uh, first of all, get the get the hell off of Christmas stories gimmick true okay get but, your own but so. my my parents actually i won't say parents my mother every christmas day makes us watch a christmas story on that marathon you so have to. Have to. Yeah. no no you, you don't i don't like it enough to watch it that much it's, an, it's, it's not about liking it it's about <laughs> it's a tradition cast i love that movie it's not that i hate it i like the I movie it, I, I don't like I don't like watching it over and over again. But but I guess like just yeah, to wrap this no, up, that's what I'm talking about is people have their slate of movies yeah. every Christmas. It's like you you make that slate of movies and it gets bigger. Like in my house, it's weird. We really start off with B tier stuff. I mean, obviously, I start off with Die Hard Duh. and then. Yeah. But my wife's two favorite Christmas movies are Jingle All the Way and Christmas with the Cranks. I don't okay. see any problem. And those are like, but I mean, those are kind of like B tier, I guess. 
it's not like I feel like those are like kind of like the B side. You're hurting Ash's Christmas spirit, Corey. And you just, yeah, just I love those way, movies. I would, yeah, I, I think that's. I think Corey makes a great point. Everyone has their own Christmas movies, and the thing as well, Elf is now a classic. Like, how do you define what a classic is? Like, I, I thought Home Alone would be the last recent classic. Yeah. But, I think Elf has sort of slipped its way into that category now. I also think the live action Grinch has entered into that live, a, live action Grinch is a must in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. that too. I, what, I will say Jim this, Perry Ash, one. just to, Ash, just to yes. make you feel better. We have like a stupid whiteboard on my floor at work and they put polls up every week. It's just a, yeah. just a vote on something. And this last week it was Elf versus live action Grinch. Elf got one uh-huh. vote. Are you serious? <laughs> find them the the youngest person on our floor that voted make, elf. Okay. it made All sense right. okay. he, elf is oh, he was, he's like 20 and so elf's a thing for him and the rest of us are older and we're like idiot and i think yeah. home alone makes that list for a lot of people yes yeah and my wife yeah. enjoys home alone she she really likes it she likes yeah, both of them so she, she usually puts that she makes us watch that so i do i think like that's i think it's absolutely a classic i'm glad we're doing it all right. 100%. We have to talk about the year 2000. In the year 2000. Um, we were all alive. Wait, Cass, were you alive? Yes. Okay. Wait, you were like just alive, though. <clears throat> just right? One. She was like two. Like you're like one. one. Okay. All right. I mean, you're around. All right. The rest of us were Aww. older. Um, that was a bad. I was in high school, so I, I am very familiar with this year. All right. A lot going on. Puberty, mostly. It's because it's my freshman year. I was a late bloomer. All right, let's go. Uh, year in review for 2000. We have to talk about the top 10 at the box office. What were the people watching uh, in 2000? And no- coming in at number 10. Wow, already weird. What lies beneath? Yeah. Number mm. 10. Are you, is this real? That's real. Okay, all right. It was higher in the US. Whew, all right. Number nine, X-Men. We did the very beginning stages of our of where we are now Woo! in the landscape we live in now. <laughs> so, number eight, The Perfect Storm. Never seen it. Read Clooney, the book. Clooney and Mark, Han- oh, Mark Wahlberg. Sorry, very sad. Uh, the ending is man. they all die. Um, seven, Meet the Parents. Uh, number six, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So we're bringing competition. Double doubling up our Christmas. All year. right. Okay. It's going to be a busy December in two thousand. Number five, Dinosaur. <laughs> It's a the, disappointment what? for a lot of the people. The Disney disappointment still made enough to be in the top 10. It's because people saw Disney and they went mm. and watched it and were like, oh. We mm. weren't far enough removed from the Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. People still had hope. Number four, What Women Want. Also never seen it, Love but I need film. to. Uh, number three, Castaway. Um, okay. Number two, this, these first two are not correct. Is this real? It's real. Uh, yeah. Number two, Gladiator. <laughs> And number one, John Woo's Mission Impossible 2. That's right, baby. Hey, let's there's go. There's nothing wrong with those two. John Woo. Poor people. At the top of his game. Saw John Woo's really bad Mission Impossible saw 2 his, movie. His, his of, opus. Movie, instead of Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Oh, that is. And Tom Hanks' Castaway. John Woo slipped right past two giants. It's all about the dog. And we just have Tom Cruise hanging on the side of a mountain with long hair to Metallica. Okay. Oh, so good. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that's what the people were watching. A just wide birth of things. <laughs> um, hey, it does feel good, though, to see one superhero movie in the top Just ten. one. Yeah. Just one. Corey. Just one instead of when we go into later years, it's six of them. Um, simpler times. Simpler times. All right. So what were the uh, snooty critic cinephiles watching? Let's go to the Oscars. Put on your tuxedos, your bow ties, whatever. Bolo tie. Um, and let's see what was winning awards in 2000. Best Supporting Actress went to Marsha Gay Harden for Pollock, uh, which is that Ed Harris movie about a painter? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, supporting Actor went to Benicio Del Toro for Traffic. 
Got a boy Benicio. Yeah, uh, actress went to Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich. And actor, at least these people cared, went to Russell Crowe for Gladiator. I'm not sure if Joaquin was up, but he should have won one. Should have won one. So, um, Benicio would have suffered. Yeah. That's true, though. I don't like Benicio not getting one. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin gets one later. Uh, it's fine. We'll keep it. Yeah. Best Picture. The nominees were Chocolat, mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, oh, yeah. and the winner was Ridley Scott's Gladiator. At no point is Mission Impossible 2 mentioned in these top awards. Sometimes at people the just don't have taste, Corey. Okay. I know. It's all about money. It's all about money there for It's yeah, all film. about um, All right. And then that comes down to um, what were we watching? Are there um, any notable films that you guys just adore? I mean, just to what do. What was this? That, just to do a quick rundown of it. I mean, you've got things that, like, I think Cass would fall in love with, like, Scary Movie. Yes. Uh, got a better Disney movie in The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, another Jim Carrey classic, Amy, Myself, and Irene. Remember the Titans. Our anime fans get, get him a Pokemon the movie 2000. Gross. Uh, mm. You know, you get Final Destination. Also, this is a big year for Cass. Final Thank Destination, you. Rugrats yes. in Paris. Bring it on. Um, any that, that come to mind for you, Corey? Um, a lot. I mean, we <laughs> have, yes, there's a big list here. The I'm just replacements? Asking. Yeah, the replacements is a good one. Um, yeah. The Patriot yes, with Mel Gibson? Yeah. That's incredible. It's a solid year. Oh, ready to rumble. Yeah. The only pro wrestling movie we ever really got. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Until Iron Claw, I guess, this yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I guess um, so. I guess so. So, yeah, no, I... There's also your Battlefield Earth, Corey. Oh, Battlefield Earth is so good. I hate that people despise that movie. It's such a good watch. Mm, I haven't movie. seen it. So. Yeah, we're going to sit down and watch it together. Okay. So, <laughs> we're going to do that. That's going to happen soon. Ash, do you have any uh, mm. notable films that haven't been spoken of? Or maybe there are? Uh, I thought it was one of those little popcorns. I like Perfect Storm, Vertical Limit both came out that year. So, I really enjoyed oh, those nice. kind of like end of Y2K hangover films. And Unbreakable okay. came out, which was probably his best movie, M. Night Shyamalan. And I enjoyed I, Bruce Willis. Yeah, well. definitely up there for so, sure. A nice, that, was a, that was a superhero movie that had a quite an interest a grounded superhero movie but yeah, yeah, yeah there's some good films out there yeah would we be remiss not to mention requiem for a dream i was about to say that <laughs> i was actually about to say it <laughs> the most horrible thing anyone's ever seen so if we ever recast it, it's just like what actors do we want to see go through just go a through lot horrible of horrible things yeah oh also almost famous was this mm. year that's yes, just one of my all-time one. favorite movies so i love that movie we gotta throw that that's one a, out there that's a great um, one American i don't know if it's a that, good yeah. movie but i watched the crap out of road trip when i was in high school it's a fun movie it's a fun movie Breckenmeyer getting a little starring role there. Yeah. I just supported that. I just wanted Breckenmeyer to get more. Right. All right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember that film. Well, that brings us to how does the movie change? How does Home Alone change? Hmm. Bring it to the year 2000. Technology. Hmm. Technology is a big one. Thank you, Ash. I think the biggest one, yeah. question and, and the reason it's hard to bring most movies forward, Corey, is this little invention called the cell phone. Now, doing some quick half assed internet research. Uh, it turns out, and from our own personal experience, the cell phone did not become super popular and super normalized until about the mid 2000s. Yeah, about 2005 yeah. when I got my first one. It was like my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And is that's when they handed me the Nokia brick phone yeah, with snake yeah. on it. I had a we had a phone passed around me and my siblings for like if you went on a school trip or went to a game and you got done with practice late <laughs> and you were like, yeah, you called me. I'm home. I'm ready. Come pick me up. If you couldn't get a ride, give Nick the phone now. <laughs> But I'm still texting. No, 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 no texting. We weren't there yet. You're texting? That's a dollar per text. Exactly. We're not rich. (laughs) I love the idea of one cell phone for like five siblings. 
Um, that's great. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, for real. Like, I, the, the, the cell phone would still, I don't think, be a problem here. No, yeah. It, in 2018, a government survey found that 55% of households use cell phones exclusively in 2018. But back in 2005, it was just about 10% of yeah. people had cell phones. Yeah. It was more of a, it was, it was a wealthy person thing yeah. still. Yeah. It was, it was well, like Spagnos having one yeah, in exactly. Say by the Bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's well, rich. It also, uh, it also, big, big satellite thing. It also comes down to Kevin also being eight years old. Not a lot of eight year olds would have a phone. That's true. That also became true. even more. That was like even later. Now, now, she brings up a good point, though, is that we're talking about middle class and down, lower class people. Prob- a majority of Americans probably did not have cell phones. However, however, Peter McAllister owned a two story house in suburbs of Chicago and managed to take his whole family and his brother's family to visit their other brother and his family in Paris one year and then to Florida the following year. Yeah. What does yeah, this that, man that, do that, that, and how much money does he make? <laughs> we can dive into you know the theory. What, <laughs> what is the theory? Called? There is a theory. There's, there's so many theories. What is the one you've heard over there? My theory that I love and subscribe to and I believe is canon is that this is 1990. Okay. Kevin McAllister lives in Chicago and he's a sports agent. Oh. And he signed a little rookie from 1984 Hello, named Michael Jordan and things cashed in. <laughs> buy it right there at the beginning of the 90s i love it so he probably Ooh, inked that, that a little bit on that shoe deal probably so ash what was your theory well the theory over here goes that kate McAllister is the breadwinner of the family not peter Ooh. because she's the one that pays for the pizza she's the one that even asks if they can get a private jet back as well so and she's the more dominant one and she's the one we see more of she's the one who's got the more successful job i think peter also has a good job combined that's how they've afforded the house but I think there's a very big presumption that it's Peter who has the big job. I think it's actually Kate. She dresses well. Corey, we've been looking she's at wearing, this. You know, she, has a ro- she, she has a potential Rolex watch that she sells off. She's got the earrings that are diamond. Yes, Peter could have bought them for her. But I think she's the breadwinner in that family. Yeah, think, Corey. You know, yeah, Corey and Nick. Women can, can they, be successful. <laughs> I didn't say women can't be successful. Corey, I just know that yeah. Michael, agent's, <laughs> Michael Jordan's agent is male. That's true. That's what I know. That's also true. <laughs> and so, That's um, also, I mean, it's the right... Yeah. So I'm just saying, but technically they can both be true. He could be Michael Jordan's agent, and because it's '90, he has not He just won. Yes, he just won a championship, right? He's about to. Because this is Christmas of '90, so he would have won, right? Or is this Detroit's last? This is probably Detroit's last. His first was with the Bulls in '91 against the Lakers. So yeah, previously was the Pistons. That shoe money's coming in, so Kate could still be the breadwinner because yeah, the Jordan money's coming in from the shoe deal. But it's mm. about to get rocking mm. and rolling for the next eight years. That's how he's able to go to Florida, <laughs> then New York. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The New York trip all of a sudden is like, boy, we won t- that championship. Because it's not just mom that goes. It's not just Kate that goes. It's the whole family shows up at the end to go to New York and stay in the penthouse of that I'm hotel. I think what Kate would do. It would just be bonkers money. Oh, it's ridiculous money. I don't Probably know. Like 1990 They can give us. Maybe. What if Kate's family owns the Chicago Bulls and that's how her <laughs> husband got the Ooh. job? I'm, I'm going with that. That's, well, that's that was kind canon. of the thing, you know. That, that, I mean, we sort of went a step backwards because, you know, in Lethal Weapon and in Die Hard, the woman is the breadwinner of the family. You know, yeah. uh, Bruce Willis's wife is the breadwinner. In Lethal Weapon, she's the breadwinner. Yeah, so but Peter McAllister's not going around like being a cool cop. It's true. It's true. So, Peter McAllister to a burglar in his own home and doesn't even think anything about it. Okay, but, but speaking of homes, <laughs> though, we, we talked about the two-story home. Is this the best movie house in film history? 
I'm trying to think of another one. Maybe like this, one, it's, the whole house itself is a character. Like they they filmed it, yes, at a location. It's it's a house in Winnetka, Illinois. I probably mispronounced that. I'm sorry, Illinois people. Um, and they sold it for like 2.4 million in 2011. But they built yeah, rebuilt yeah. the entire house inside of a high school, inside of a sound studio where they filmed in Chicago. So, but it's so built in I mean, because it's, it's all bad. about yeah. It's I mean it's the they they infused it like they were like we want this to be the most Christmassy looking thing on earth. That's why the walls are green. There's red and everywhere. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think they've milked it a lot because we still see it in adverts and they still do you know. And there's tour guides around that house. It's definitely in the top yeah. ten of like film houses. I mean, I guess the I, I Christmas guess, story like, house also there, maybe yeah. The Christmas story one. house probably gets some love. Did you say the Psycho house? Is that what you said? Yeah, the Psycho House, which I think is actually yeah, a Warner that. Brothers lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would seem that um, but like, okay. the Notebook House, the Beetlejuice House, the Adam Stanley House, and the Home Alone House are usually at the top of lists, just from really quick Adam research. House, yeah. Those are the yeah. four that come yeah. up the most often. Okay. And Home yeah. Alone typically was one. <clears throat> so, so we've covered like half of the most popular houses on the show. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. We just got to do the Notebook next, which means mm-hmm. you have to watch it Eventually. at some point. Someday. <laughs> I haven't seen the Someday. <laughs> Come on, you like Gosling. That's true. All right. Um, all right. Well, so the movie, it, it updates, but we technology happens. But again, unless Kevin's going to AOL message someone for help, I don't think it's nothing's really going to happen in 2000. You told me I couldn't get on the computer, Mom. <laughs> it's probably password protected. He's probably going to so. use the computer to set traps in 2000. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. What is the paper? I mean, that is a legitimate. That's, uh, Clippy. Sorry, Kat, right? Yeah. He's going to ask the paperclip. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Parents it's left me. <laughs> What do I do? He might he might be able to ask Jeeves at this point. Oh yeah, Ash Jeeves would have been around. I just Jeeves oh, yeah. would have said have nothing. Have That's true. Yeah. So, the paperclip yeah. would have just told him how to indent something. So <laughs> like it would not have AI was not a thing yet. So it's like uh, I'm not pre-programmed to deal with this. All right. Well, we ready to cast this thing? I think so. The year two thousand. What's up? Good morning, Angel. Good morning, Charlie. My name is Gladiator. Well done! She called me Mr. Glass. Go! Do off my groove! I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. You have arrived. Well... Nick, you chose this movie, which means you've put a beloved movie in the hands of Ash and Cass. I would never. uh, So (laughs) I would just never. Um, There's a reason that St. Elmo's Fire was a mini-sode with just two people and not an official episode of any kind. Um, Did not trust my favorite movie in the hands of anyone. So, Nick, just get the Band-Aids, get the tissues. This could be. I'm ready. Could be ugly. We have cookies. But again, that's what we do here. We take a movie out of its original release year. We drop it in a new release year. In this case, we're taking Home Alone out of 1990. And we're dropping it in in the year 2000 because we just want to know what that movie would have looked like in 2000. Primarily, what would the cast have been? Since Nick has chosen this, he's essentially created the cast list of characters he wants to see. Sent them to Ash and Cass. And they've come up with a 2000s uh, cast for Home Alone. However, they are bound by rules on these uh, main episodes. Rule number one, anyone you choose for Home Alone 2000 must be alive Mm -hmm. in 2000. Um, Cannot be dead. We have a time machine, but we don't use it for those kinds of purposes. Nope. 
Rule number two, anyone you cast in Home Alone 2000 uh, must be free to do so. They cannot be in prison or um, involved in any sort of military conflict um, and even presumably cannot be pregnant, even though... Even though... It happens. We can work around it. Yeah, listen. Mary Wingham filmed all of St. Elmo's Fire while pregnant. Exactly. So, and I didn't notice. And no one noticed. So, um, other than her being overweight was a huge plot point in the movie. Oh. oh Maybe that got mm, written in later. Probably. <laughs> so, um, showed up pregnant like, well, we're going to have to rewrite your character from the hot one to the pregnant one. So, um, uh, the 80s uh, say whatever you want rule number three anyone you cast in Home Alone 2000 must uh, they're gonna wait what's what's rule number three why did I forget it I just almost jumped to rule number four well they can't be dead they can't be arrested or pregnant yeah and you take rule, them out of your notable the rule number three is if you take them out I thought there was four rules sure oh I mean I thought there was a rule three that I just missed I don't know I don't think you did <laughs> alright well as far as I know then rule number three is Anyone you cast will lose all major film credits, or um, and that's really it. Film. We don't count TV. We, no, don't, we don't count, count Broadway. No. no. If they directed work. something, they can still do that voiceover. They're fine. But any major role they did in movies, they lose. True. So that's in true. 2000, I like that year, but I'm not. I'm not doing anything. Apparently, Nick was more meh about 2000. So I might cry. I, I'm not meh. I just. Didn't I might cry. I, y'all might destroy things I love. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Snow Day came out this year, and there's just a lot of kids running around that movie, and I really hope we don't ruin it. Time will tell. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's the little Pete from Pete and Pete and Snow Day. Uh, no. Okay, thank goodness. It's the girl. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Michelle Trachtenberg. No, no, different girl. That's Harriet the Spy. Are you sure? No, it's Zena Gray who's the girl in. But she looks kind of. It's they, one of those. Yeah. Okay, they, yeah, it's one of those. Things. They said we need another Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and Snow Day didn't take off, so neither did she. Um, all right. <clears throat> However, Nick, just to, for the sake of uh, protecting Home Alone, you do do you do get two power ups. I do. You do. This is exciting. Uh, you get the switcheroo, which is less powerful. But if at any point by the end you're kind of thinking someone looks a little bit better in a different role, but you can cast strategically, mm-hmm. you know, planning ahead. Yeah. You get creative here. Right. But at any point, you can switch any two actors that are on the board cast yes. in their respective roles. So you can only do it once. Um, and then rule number two, the big one, the director override, which you have to use during the casting of a particular role. So you can't you can't use it on Frank if we're doing Peter. So, um, But you have to do it during that casting, and you can only do it one time. But you can essentially tell Cass, Ash, F off, you got your own. Got it. But your pick is also bound to the rules. Damn, just go willy-nilly. All right. Because this is a four-man episode, I have an override. That's right. I have the host override, which means at any point, I can tell Nick he did bad, that you chose wrong, and I can choose the other persons. I can only do it once, and I have to do it during the casting. But if I feel like Nick chose wrong, I can speak up and just fix that little mistake. Just give a nice Dikembe Matumbo finger wave. But I don't think you're going to do it. I think you're going to protect this movie. Uh, I will be harsh. I will be cool. You will be harsh. Maybe maybe Ash will cry. Maybe. So... (laughs) All right. So that's it. That's all the that's all the house cleaning, right? For casting. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're, jump in. We're, we're doing this. All right. Oh. Let me just move over to the cast here. All right. So we do have a thirty seconds or less because this is this is a movie with a lot of little peripheral characters. Yeah. yeah. You know that are good, but very marginal. But we want to we want to give credit to those. So the thirty seconds or less cast is the Pizza Boy. I love that. It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. Um, played by Danny Warhol, who was only nineteen at the time. Really, he looked thirty. Um, <laughs> the nineties were harsh, I guess. Um, Uncle Frank. He knows they had sausage and olives and look what you and- did, you little jerk. A franchise favorite, true, of true. the only two movies in existence. Uh, played by Gary Bamham. 
originally written for Kelsey Grammer, that would have been better. That would have been so much. I, that would have been good. No offense to Gary, but man. Um, I think Gary brings a nice sleaze to the character. He does. He does. Kelsey Grammer would have been cranky, but yeah. Gary's sleazy. For yeah, sure, you're right. Sure. You're right. Peter McAllister, played by the late, great John Hurd. I am looking for my son. Do you know where he is? Known for Guardian Big. He was in this one movie in the 70s about uh, a school newspaper that I love. I can't oh. remember what it's called, though. Okay. Um, oh. And then John Candy, playing Gus Polinski of the uh, polka band. A Twin Lakes polka, Damavuji polka, a.k.a. Kiss Me Polka, Polka Twist. That's traveling, which That's is right. a little little fun Ooh. John music. Let's get John Candy in the movie. John Candy's known for Cool Runnings, Uncle Buck. I mean, everything. John Candy's amazing. Um, only a per- person allowed to improvise in the movie, which... That's true. Sure, go for it, man. You only get Candy. it for a day. Yeah, so... And then, of course, Buzz, played by Devin Rattay. I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. Only 13 at the time. Also looked 30. Also looked 30. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> was recently in Nebraska. Was in a movie called Masterminds. Um, this also is was arrested in Oklahoma recently. Really? Yeah, I saw that. Or, <laughs> yes, I, saw uh, that. I don't know. Is he, does he live here? Should we go find him? Uh, what was he doing here? Check if he's okay. You know, track him down. All right. Okay, awesome. Um, but his girlfriend was a picture of a boy dressed like a girl. So um, that way, I think it's if you oh. used a girl, and yeah. it's like, hey, your picture is going to be ugly. Yeah. It's really insulting. It's the art director's son. Yeah. So, so they found him said, out. hey, we're going to throw a wig on yeah, you. Yeah, it turns out Devin Rattay was arrested on domestic violence charges after strangling oh. his girlfriend. Well, if it was a domestic violence, then he definitely was oh, yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma City Hotel after he gave two fans autographs. Oh, never mind. He was in a con. Oh, yeah, he was in a yeah, con. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were in Oklahoma City for OKC Pop Christmas Con. Yep, yep, yep. That is a very niche. That's con. very niche. Show. I was going to say. Wow. He was probably the big thing. He was. So, I'm sure he was. Um, all right. Uh, and then the only other little fun fact was the Pizza Boy was paid more than John Candy. That's right. For this film. <laughs> yep. Turns wow. out delivery does pay. So. So, yeah. That's. Uh, that turns out the money that. The rest of his life. <laughs> turns out the money that. Uh, <laughs> um, that uh, Kate. Isn't her name Kate? Yeah, Kate yeah. gave him was actually yeah. his pay. <laughs> exactly. Which was more than John Candy. $122 yeah. for pizza. I wonder if John Candy ever read no, this fact somewhere and went, what? <laughs> he was like, what's going on here? He's like, I don't no, take I think, a I think John Candy, he, he, I think he worked 23 hours and after yeah. a day, he was like, I'll work for free for a day, but he ended up working for almost the whole day and yeah. he was like, okay, I need to get paid. Jeez. Um, yeah, all right well are you guys ready to hit the 30 seconds or less the way this is going to work is uh i uh, nick's gonna yell out the roll yep. and essentially cass you'll give your pick then ash will give your pick or right. yep, nick works, um, yeah nick can choose who goes first true he has that power um by the magical use of my imaginary coin we're going to let cass go first <clears throat> yes. so for pizza boy sean ashmore well hold on whoa whoa we have to whoa, say with we never said go. Yeah, wait, we're just getting... There was a pause. There was a pause. I you waited. You created the pause because you did not respond. Wow. Gives me time okay. to adjust my... All right. Voice. So it's everyone it's ready it. and prepped? Yeah. All right. Ash, Nick, are, you, yeah, are you ready? Okay. Oh, Ash is ready. I am ready, Nick. Ooh, all right, Nick. You got the floor. All right. Here we go. And Cass, who is your pick for Pizza Boy? I can go now? Yes. Clock's on. I pick Sean Ashmore. Okay. X-Men, X-Men fame. Very good. Uh, all right. Ash. Uh, I went Macaulay Culkin. Oh. Time traveling. He does kind of look like the pizza boy now. He's the same <laughs> age as well in 2000. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get it. Macaulay Culkin's going in. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> Uncle Frank. Cass. Uh, David uh, Koshner. 
Koshner from Anchorman fame. Okay, yeah. all right. Champ, champ kindly for most of you at home. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ash. I went with Nick Nolte. Oh, okay. Do we mm. want do we want mumbling grouchy Uncle Frank or do we want over the top kind of food Uncle Frank? I see. All right. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah, David yeah. David uh, Karkner, how do you say his name? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's just character acting. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what he does. Mm. <laughs> All right. Pete McAllister or Peter, but his mother might call him. Uh Cass. Dennis Quaid. Okay. All right. Ash. Ooh. Damn. Good looking. I went with William H Macy. Oh. Macy. Hmm. Dennis Quaid feels a little on the nose, Corey. It feels safe. I, it feels right. William H. Mason would never be Michael Jordan's sports agent. <laughs> like, Allegedly, his sports agent, okay? Alleged, alleged sports agent. You, you tell me Dennis Quaid couldn't pull himself off a, a draft day rookie? No, I'm saying Dennis yeah, Quaid. That's right, Nick. That's oh, right. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's... I'm saying William H. Macy would never. All right. We, we got Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's on the board. That's, ooh, that's ooh. what we were. I thought I was going to have to pull my, pull my <laughs> post override right you want, there. You really yeah, you think Macy's the right, Corey? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Prove it. All right. Uh, Gus Polinski. Ash. Or, sorry, Cass. I went Don Stark, who is um, Donna's dad in that 70s show. In that show. 70s yeah. show. He's delightful. Aww, He's be delightful. Like you could, yeah. I could spend... 12 hours from New York to Chicago talking about music and stuff. No, he's a good one. He's a good one, yeah. I like that. Ash, who do you have? Who do you have? I've gone for a very lovable on-the-nose guy. I've gone John Goodman. Mm. Good. Mm. Oh, that's good. That he's a good, good. man. That I, good saw, man. I thought him. Mm. He is a good I, man. I don't know if it's, don't know if it's <laughs> that she did it first, but Don Stark just kind of works there. I think so, too. I'm going to go with Don Stark. Don Stark. Yeah. Don Stark. All three of you I'd buy him. this. <laughs> John Goodman's too good for a for a polka band. <laughs> it needs yeah, to be bowling. Never too good. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, Buzz. Cass, who do you have? Now, this is not Buzz Lightyear. This is the bully older brother. I went Seth Rogen. Seth, a young Seth Rogen. A okay. young Seth Rogen. He's in. Uh, he's Freaks in Freaks. And Freaks. And this is Freaks okay, and Geeks. Right. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ash, who do you have? Well, the gloves are definitely off now. Ashley Tisdale. I'm changing the gender. I'm changing the role. Ooh, same Ashley, age. A little gender bend for us here. 15, mm. same age. Okay, generally. I mean, I could see it. Ashley yeah. Tisdale's been a bully. She's yeah. in multiple things. Sharpay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah call me, call me, call me old school, but I'm going to go Seth Rogen here. I, I, like, I like the gamble. I like the gamble, Ash, but I, I think it just... I, I, I think Seth Rogen works here. It, it, it's more fun for him to be a bully at this point. Seth yeah. Rogen is a bully. It's a bully. It's true. He's a bully. Yeah. All right. You heard him. All right. Okay. See where we're and going that now. This is yeah, not going well. 30 or less. <laughs> the only person I got on my list is the person who was actually in the movie. So it's not going well. <laughs> Listen. Cass will blow this up top. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. I'm pretty impressed with my top list. Well, your top list. I like you it. Yours was good. Just annoyingly. Cass is getting cocky over here, Corey. Yeah. I'm about to change, about to change yeah. up all my answers from now on. I... I kind of like it. You know, in most circumstances, I'd be furious that Seth Rogen was cast in anything. But it works. But it works here. Because he's a bully. Yeah. yeah. He's playing against type. I like this era of Seth Rogen. I don't yeah. like the current era of Seth well, it's Rogen. Just, he's been yeah. Seth Rogen since 2005. Yeah, and so. I just don't like his attitude. I think it's just this whole, like, he's just I'm going to be time. Donkey Kong, but, like, this is my voice. I don't do voice <laughs> acting. It's like, you're a flipping actor. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Corey, you hire Owen Wilson. You know what you're getting with Owen Wilson. Yeah, but Owen Wilson never explicitly comes out and says it. All right. I don't like that Seth Rogen <laughs> essentially just said like, oh, all you people that want to be actors, it. it's not that hard. I'm just myself. <laughs> I got in, which I mean, he's a talented writer. It's true. But, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well then stop being in them. <laughs> just write them. 
<laughs> so, all right. All right. Are I like ready? it. I like it, though. Okay. Is it time for the main cast? It is time for the main cast. All right. Okay. So just uh, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into these characters, but I am going to read them. We just have a five a five person main cast. OK, um, that will be Marley. I'm assuming that's the snow shovel murderer yeah, guy. OK, guy, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that his name was Marley. Nice little nod right. to Christmas yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, who you know, Marley's dead immediately to and begin with. whatever, but okay. Um couldn't call him Ebenezer. That would have been too, too, on, the too on the got nose. it. I like one of those. Uh Kate McAllister, the mob, uh, will be doing Marv, uh, the tall burglar. Daniel Stern. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Stern. Uh Harry, uh Joe Pesci, and then Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay Culkin. We'll dive a little bit more into these roles um because they obviously have a lot more meat to them. Um and so we're gonna start. With Marley. You live next to me, don't you? You can say hello when you see me. You don't have to be afraid. There's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. Originally played by Roberts Blossom. He was 66 at the time. Um, he was uh, in Escape from Alcatraz, Close Encounters. Um, the Quick and the Dead. Yeah, Quick and the Dead. Oh, he is in Quick and the Dead. Because every time I've watched Quick and the Dead, I'm like, that's the guy from Home Alone. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Yeah, nice. Um, has his fingers cut off in EFA in this movie? He saves Kevin from having his cut off. Wait, what is this? What is this? I don't. What's EFA stand. For? Yeah, what does EFA stand for? Uh, in real life. Uh, well, hold on, I'm just going back on it. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Oh. oh, okay, all right. I'm sorry. Uh, so his it, in the movie, he has his fingers cut off, and we have a little nod exactly. to that in this one because he prevents the same fate from nice. Kevin. Nice. Exactly right. Yeah. Though I think the movie should have gone hard and let him get one finger, mm. you know, just to really show that the wet band. That'd be a PG thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, they have after that finale, they're not serious. They're... Think about the moment. Like think about like the scene in the second movie where Kevin puts on his mitten and like the index finger is just loose and his mom has to tie it. <laughs> and it's this painful reminder of the first movie. <laughs> Remember, don't get left behind. So... One for every movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Um, I think it might happen in the two thousand version. I mean that that'll just help. Cast and Ash's saw theories with Kevin yeah. Oh yes, I hate that theory. Right. Well, you, you mentioned it, Nick. <laughs> I mentioned it. We're moving forward. <laughs> save it for Kevin. Yes, yeah, no point for Marley. Even though I think it's more likely Marley grew up to be the jigsaw murderer. But true. no, apparently um, Robert's blossoms. He really enjoyed playing the role, and he enjoyed when people would kind of recognize him on the screen. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, he's that's the character. He's like the uh, he's the boogeyman of the neighborhood. Yeah, you know yeah. what we all want to be when we grow up. I cannot wait to be the old guy in the neighborhood that kids are afraid of. It'll just be no. fun. Just and make so, up rumors, like walk around groups, and be like, "I heard he did this." It's like, oh, which he doesn't really <laughs> try. Right. I was out by him as a kid. He was. He's just going around salting the sidewalks with his scary shovel. It's terrifying. But then he turns out to be a good guy who's just, uh, you know, too afraid to call his daughter. That's right. True. His son. Son. He's, yeah, he's son. there to see his granddaughter yeah. at church. Yeah. See, his granddaughter yeah. has a falling out with the son. Mm-hmm. In ninety, I don't know politics. Maybe who knows? Reagan so, just left. Reagan just left. So you know, <laughs> that was this boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. All right. So. There you go. That would be Marley. We mainly just need what? I guess, uh, t- Nick, what do we need here? We need a, 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 a intimidating looking man. Creepy old man. Yeah, creepy old, old man. man. I mean, yeah. old and, then, to be creepy. and then turns out to be a, have a heart of gold, you know, rough around the edges, maybe, perhaps. Oh, my gosh. I'm just realizing we have this exact character in the second one. It's the <laughs> it's, homeless old. Well, they just use the same character twice. Listen, you just you don't break it. You just <laughs> keep doing the same thing over. I've never put that together. As soon as I said or woman, I immediately thought of the homeless woman. I was like the bird lady. The bird lady. The bird oh, lady. my gosh. OK. Pigeon lady. getting worse as pigeon we talk lady. about. Yeah, she's got, she likes pigeons. All right, Nick, I'm handing it over to you. Yeah. Okay, let's just dive right in. Uh, Cass, you went first in 30 seconds or less. So I'm going to change it up. Let's see if we can give Ash, Ash some good luck here. So, Ash, go first. Let us know who you picked for Old Man Marley. Oh, my God. Okay, well, this is going to be a 
that's a very similar round to the uh the previous so i'm just going to go for it i wanted someone who looks threatening but has a heart of gold um okay. once you get to know the person i also want that voice as well it's all it's all about the voice so i've gone for someone who is three years older than the actor who played him at the time he is a free agent at the time and he is known for some voice acting some very famous voice acting so i've gone for the famous mufasa himself james earl jones uh also hmm. dark vader as well um he's a very threatening figure um he was in coming to america before that very big guy as well um and that voice i just thinking about that scene in church when they're having that chat Ooh, i think yeah, with that voice yeah. echoing in in the church and the scene mm-hmm. at the end as well where they share a look i just can see the the compassion there yeah. so you can you've got someone who's menacing and also you know you you fall in love with at the same time so that's what i've gone for i brought you mufasa on the table james earl jones Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, James Earl Jones. I mean, a lot of people probably are familiar with the name Mufasa, mainly Darth Vader. Probably a lot of people will know him as one of those two people. Uh, had a later, didn't do a lot outside of those in post 2000. I mean, mm-hmm. Second Hand Lions is probably his m- biggest on screen per- presence since then. Yeah, but probably. yeah, coming to America, he yeah. was the father to Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Shall we say yes, a million yeah. American dollars? So very, very cool, very <laughs> good. I think a strong, strong, strong first entry here. All right, Cass, what do you have to counter Darth Vader? Okay. Um, I wanted to try to get the creepy, like tall old man because, like, that was kind of like when I rewatched this actually the other day when we talked about doing Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I was like, he he's definitely giving like that creepy vibe, not serial killer vibe, but just kind of like I'm watching you walk by, and it just gives off that bad feeling, like I'm being followed. So yeah, yeah. I wanted some sort of vibe like that, like that. So I went with someone who is 60 at the time, and I swear he's still kind of looks the same now and i think he's in his 80s um but i'm taking him out of space cowboys so it is james cromwell and james cromwell um for some people that know i know him really well from american horror story he was in Mm -hmm. asylum played creepy in asylum um he's also in babe the green mile uh the longest Mm, yard la confidential yes yeah he's popped up quite a bit all over the place but I know that Big he can actor. play like yeah. not just oh, yeah, no. creepy watching. He can just also like have that like nice little talk with Kevin like in mm-hmm. the church and talk about like his granddaughter and the whole like sending her a letter and yeah yeah okay okay yeah most people I think are gonna know him as the guy from Babe or as from like L.A. Confidential Succession. Yeah. He had a run in Succession recently. Yeah mm, yeah yeah that'll do pig yeah, that'll do. Mm-hmm. All right well. Both solid, uh, solid picks here. I am going to go with Cass here. I think because you, you said the voice, and and I get that logic there. James Earl Jones very intimidating. He's a tall man himself, but I think that mm. the, the magic of this role is that it's all about aesthetic. And like you make you make they made Robert's Blossom just look old, crotchety, and and greasy as possible. Like you don't want to walk towards him. And it's all about visual. Like you don't hear him speak until this end of like the second act, basically when they have the little scene before the break in. And I think that that speaks the most to me about it is that once you sit him down, it's about how soft spoken he is and how like thoughtful he is towards Kevin's problems. Like they're talking to each other as equals. It's not this man talking to a child. Like then that's kind of the magic of also Macaulay Culkin is like, even as Joe Pesci says, like the dude's not a child. Like he acts like he's an old man. So, mm-hmm. so and that's probably what makes him such yeah. a great kid actor as well. But yeah, I'm going to go James Cromwell here because I just I think it fits a little bit better. Both solid, but I think James Cromwell is going to edge out right here. So yeah. sorry, App, but we're going to we're going to keep moving Cass here. So. Well, let's okay. hope it starts the way I did in the last round, Cass. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. We will see here. 
I'm okay with it. No, I, li- I like I'm James. Okay Earl You're okay with it? I would have gone the same route. Okay. The problem is, is that James Earl Jones is just going to come off Sandlot, where we just right. thought he was scary yes, dog owner. That. Yeah, it's literally with a heart of gold yes, at the end. It's kind of so the same. Like, same. We kind of see it coming. Yeah. 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 I would have given you Christopher Lloyd, just buried in a beard. I, I thought about that I, too. She said Space Cowboys, and I got oh, a little excited. She was going to pull Clint Eastwood in. Clint Eastwood so, would have been good too. Would have been good. Maybe too I, big though. I was thinking Tommy Jones. I was like, oh, I okay. Christopher Lloyd, if you buried him under some beard from afar, you wouldn't know until they sat down at the church. You're like, it's Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it would have been great. No, I, I thought was, about him too. Did any of y'all have like the grandparents with the guy, pra- the painting with the guy praying at the table? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks exactly like Marley in this movie. Every it time does. I see it, I'm like, yeah. that's the dude praying at the yeah. table. Because all of our grandparents had that painting. I, I'm glad to know this now. <laughs> Not the only one. All right. All right. <laughs> Based on him. That brings us up to Kate McAllister. No, 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 no way. This is Christmas. The season of perpetual hope. Mammoth. And I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. If it costs me everything I own. If I have to sell my soul to the devil himself. I am going to get home to my son. Played by Catherine O'Hara. Um, everyone, absolutely brilliant character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Beetlejuice, uh, a mighty wind. Um, what's Shit's Creek? Yeah, yeah. Um, is is the, the thing voice she, of Sally and yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas? Um, yeah, yeah she, it's one of Tim Burton's go tos. Yeah, a little for bit sure, here for and there. Sure. Um, and so, and she does one. She does the uh, Lock, Shocker, Barrel, whichever one's the witch. Yes, she yeah. does that one as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, no, she's Catherine Harris. She's just amazing. Yeah. Um, her and John Candy previously worked together on SCTV and were good friends. She gave a eulogy at John Candy's funeral, um, and he died on her 40th birthday, revealed in the 2014 that Macaulay Culkin still calls her mom. Aww. That's sweet. That's adorable. Not that she deserves it. She you... left him at home. Um, <laughs> twice. But, no, twice. So, um, yeah, Kate McAllister. It, honestly, this is the subplot of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Not the burglars. No. It's, it's the mom. Who, Getting home. Because And that's I think that's why this movie works on so many levels. I thought about, at the top, saying uh, Christmas, Christmas classic for millennials, right? I thought, like, for us. But honestly, my parents like this movie. Mm. And it's because I think parents watch this, and it's like, they're watching the mom subplot. Like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen, that's ever. True. Yeah. Like, A, my kid has this on me for the rest of my life, and A, is my kid okay? Like, you know, it's just like, that whole thing right it's funny to watch friends with kids now because you send them a funny meme or something and if there's a child involved instead of laughing they'll just generally cry yeah yeah so she does great it's the great subplot she does well because all of her stuff is like just it's drama it's not really comedy that much she's just begging people to get her home this role is actually uh, against type strangely she's playing like the straight edge like straight character she's a comedian yeah at heart so it is against type she does get a there's a cameo with ali sheedy who plays the airport or bus uh, person? Um, yeah, John Hughes just litters this with oh, his wow. people. I have to um, it now. But like Ali Sheedy's, at th- when she's right. begging, like, "Can you get me anything?" Yeah. That's Ali Sheedy at the ticket. What? Booth. Yeah. So is it really? Um, yeah, it's Ali Sheedy. I, pr- I promise. Oh, Ali Sheedy. Okay, my brain went Molly Ringwald, and I was like, "What?" Ali Sheedy. Okay, the gothy one. I still didn't know her, but okay, got it. Um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. So Nick, what are you looking for here? I mean, kind of like what we said, you know, she's mom. she's got to play mom. She's got to have mom energy, you know, and that means being, you know, the sensible one of the group. She's trying to keep all the T's crossed, I's dotted. But one one thing gets lost in the mix of this cross intercontinental trip. And so it's she's determined to get back home by any means necessary. She's willing to give up her watch, everything. And so I think it, you just have to show like that loyalty to your kids. As yeah. Well. And for the record, Nick's mom is not eligible because rule number three is they have to have an IMDb credit oh, that's right. to be eligible. <laughs> yeah. And Nick's mom has no IMDb credit. Gonna erase my mom from <laughs> so her mom is not eligible because of forgotten rule three. There we go. Well, 
Yep. Yep. Have to be. And that's what makes child acting picking, picking child oh. actors hard, Corey. That's yeah. what, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. All right. So who made that? Uh, Cass did. So Cass, you made it. So you take it. Cass, who is your Kate McAllister? So uh, I went with more of a like mom energy. I, Cause like Corey said, like Catherine O'Hara is like, she is a comedian. She is like, and she has her moments like even in the movie even though she's being serious i still feel like it's Catherine o'hara we're gonna hear something comedic come out oh yeah so i did kind of struggle to figure out who like if i still wanted that vibe but i still went with someone that has red hair um okay. i went with julianne moore and i'm taking her out of not i which was a short film and ladies man she's 40 at the time i feel like that's a good age for someone who has a bunch of it's a good kids. mom age yeah yeah and I don't know. I feel like she plays mom very, very well. I can see her doing like the screaming scenes, like yelling Kevin's name on the. That's important. You got to have the yell down. Yeah. yeah. And I think she would have like fun with the role. True, 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 true. Now, listen, there's a very pivotal scene in Ladies Man, Cassidy, where she's playing who who he thinks is the love that he's trying to search for. And she turns out to come out in clown makeup to try and like have sex with him. <laughs> Is this that Tim Meadows movie? It's the Tim Meadows Oh my movie. gosh. He thinks yeah. he's like on his like soulmate that's been riding him or something. And she's and she comes out from getting dressed and she's a clown. It's like a cameo, basically. I've never seen Ladies Man. <laughs> I've not cool. either. Why? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right, okay. This just seems like a weird one to go like it's, it's I'm in my 30s. Movie. What classics have I not seen? Listen, oh, it's all 90s stuff at this point. Yeah. It's worth one watch. All right. Yeah. All right. That's fair. So we're saying that she probably is not even going to lose that. It's more of a cameo. It's probably, I would argue, cameo. There, okay. So. Okay. All right. So yeah. she's practically free agent. Practically there. free here. Unless Ash has somebody in his pocket. Who do you have, Ash? Well, Cass seems to be quite invincible right now. And I love Julianne Moore. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Massive yeah. crush on Julianne Moore, unfortunately. So she's, sure. she's a good pick. I like her. Um, right. I haven't gone for a redhead, although she has played a redhead in a film. But I have gone for someone who is. Has done a Christmas movie, but not later in her career. It's after 2000, but she does have that motherly charm to her. Um, she has done the role before in terms of comedy. She's got her... And I'm looking for the Kevin bit where she just goes, Kevin. And yeah. I can see her do it because she does it in another film. Um, so I'm picking Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, she is just coming off doing True Lies in 96. Obviously famous for playing Laurie in Halloween. Uh, yes. The scream, she knows. I know she can do the scream because she does it Those time and time again in Halloween. Scream. Yep, yep. Freaky Friday, she does it in. And in yep. Christmas of the Cranks, you do see her motherly figure as well as in True Lies as well. So, and I think she has that authority as well. She's, you know, she's she's a very towering figure. She is the more dominant parent in the Home Alone. Yeah, um, the, the, yeah. The magic, uh, yeah, the magic of Catherine O'Hara's performance and characterization is that it's a slow burn. It's like yeah. her temper yes. is just on the edge of going nuts, and that you see that when she's. At the airport, trying to do that, and she's like, "This is Christmas," and she's yes. just very pensive, exactly. ready to explode at any moment. Kind of- she's like, "Do you need? To, do I need to make it any clear that my son is home alone, and we are in another country?" So that's very yes, important. Sure. Yes, the, the slow burns, the popping of energy there is really important with that performance. I love mm. Julianne Moore. Same as you, Ash. heavy hitters. Yeah, two heavy hitters. Love some Jamie Lee Curtis. They're both perfect in both, their own way. Both perfect in their own way, Corey. But what's going to come down to, and, and, and this is the main one, is, is again, like we've done so many times, you, you listen to them say the lines. And the main line is in the airplane saying, yelling Kevin. And Jamie Lee Curtis is, is right there, just does it perfectly. And I think as much as I love some Julianne Moore, I wanted to give her like a rub. I was like, Jamie Lee Curtis kind of nails it. It's kind of like perfect. It's hard, hard to, 
They were both top tier. Just one edge. Again, we're doing really well here, guys. Yeah, that was like a perfectly well-played round. <laughs> really was. Really I didn't was. even consider either of them. No, and no. honestly, when Cass said Julianne Moore, I was like, well, I don't know who. <laughs> I, I, I thought Cass was going to lose. Thanks for that vote Julie, of confidence, guys. <laughs> I don't think Julie. I know. I, I just say Julianne Moore is a strong pick, but I don't think she could do the first 15 minutes of the movie without it being too serious. True. Yeah, yeah. I, I can agree. Almost like, I think she beats Kevin. <laughs> She's a dramatic actor. She plays a lot of troubled characters. She nailed the next like bit of the movie, yeah. but I just I think she's too intense for that first. Where mm. we'd almost just be like, "Wow, she's mean." Yeah, for sure. For Whereas sure, for Jamie sure. Lee would come off as just the overstressed workaholic right. mom. Yes, I I the names that came to mind were either Rita Wilson or Nicole Kidman. I yeah. thought Nicole Kidman, yeah. or, but or I, Renee I Russo, a Sharon Stone, maybe oh, Renee Russo would have been good. Yeah, Carrie Ann Moss. But how old Renee was? Russo, yeah. But how old was Nicole Kidman's mom though? As well, she was young, but. She was like in her thirties, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. Jamie Lee's good. Yeah. Jamie Lee's good. It's solid. It's All solid. Right. Strong. What's next, Corey? I could just use my override just to see if we can get Cass a perfect game up top. <laughs> yeah. You're just gaming for that. <laughs> yeah, you try it. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cool go three for three up top. Okay. All right. Especially with Kevin. She's Especially gonna with I, she's gonna blow Kevin like so bad. Phrasing. Oh, oh, phrasing. Yeah. Phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> she's gonna ruin her pick yeah, for she's, Kevin. She's just gonna absolutely destroy it. Kevin, so wow, sounds dirty. wow, everything sounds dirty. That second time was on purpose, Corey. So, we know it. All right, well, that brings us to Marv, my favorite part of this entire movie. There was arguing, one of them blew the other one away. Who I don't know. I thought I recognized one of their voices, and I know I heard that name Snakes before. He's my favorite character in this movie by far. He's my favorite of the Wet Bandits. Um, Daniel Stern, who is such a great actor, he's so good, and I don't think he gets his due. He doesn't. I just do. I love Daniel Stern. I think he's awesome. I, I want to put him on my list of, to cast him in things more on this podcast. Well, most people know him from this, obviously, but then they also probably might know him from City Slickers. City Slickers. Um, he he was in a movie with Dennis Quaid about bicycling, breaking breaking away or something back yeah. in the 70s. So good. Also, Diner. the narrator for The Wonder Years. Narrator for The Wonder Years. Yeah. Um, I love two movies he was in in the 90s. He got a starring role oh. in a kid's film called Bushwhacked, where he's like he's framed for something and he ends up taking a Boy Scout troop. He gets mistaken for their leader and taken into the woods while the cops and the mob are hunting him. Oh. And it looks, it's, it's a great movie. Oh, I, I remember the trailer for Sounds this. insane. Yeah. And then Nick, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but we're going to watch it together if you haven't. Okay. Have you ever seen Celtic Pride? No. He plays, him and Dan Aykroyd are obsessive Boston Celtics fans. I'm already in. And they're in the finals. (laughs) And they go to kidnap the Utah Jazz star player because he's going to beat the Celtics. Played by Damon Wayans. Played by Damon Wayans. It's so good. I see a back-to-back Daniel Stern marathon Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to make that happen. Daniel Stern, in other words, (laughs) is incredible. But this is Marv. He's not the brains of the Wet Bandits. Not at all. He's the bumbling idiot. He's the one that's insistent that they have a name. He's a branding icon, okay? Yeah, he's the marketing of (laughs) Criminal Enterprise. (laughs) The Wet Bandits. He wants to leave the faucets running. Because if robbing someone's not enough, causing (laughs) thousands of dollars in damage, water damage. Wet Bandits, huh? (laughs) Now we know every house you've knocked off. Just running the water bill. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like, oh yeah, now yeah, it, it backfires. Um, and so, but he's great. He's the comic relief to Joe Pesci, who's also funny. Yeah, but apparently, he's more of the straight man. Apparently, both of them went into this thing not sure how the movie was gonna play, and so they just went over the top mm. with it, which is <laughs> yeah, why this yeah. works so well because he is such an animated actor in this, he's especially so in this role, and he's just lanky and yeah. goofy, and it's <laughs> the it's the afro. It all works. It's <laughs> so works. good. 
it's it's good yeah i mean that's that, that's pretty much it to a to a t is you you want somebody that's can play a goofball that can play the lovable idiot to to the straight man of joe pesci's character uh harry and yeah you, you want him to be able to be a physical comedy actor you want to be able to kind of go over the top a bit yeah that's what we're looking for so ash you made it so you're gonna take it so who do you have for our first of the wet bandits i will take this yeah this is the hardest one to pick um just to make you, I, and Corey feel bad. Every time you watch Home Alone now, just know that Daniel Stern was younger than what we are now. Don't say he was that. 33, old, you... 33, old, 33 years old when, we, when he filmed it. Ash so O'Hara is than younger than I am now, Ash. So I'm on another <laughs> yeah, tier. It's crazy. <laughs> just so you know. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, yeah, just throw that out there. I'm, a, I'm almost looks young, where Mark doesn't. Ash, we want picks not to feel bad. <laughs> Stop okay, shaming. Okay, okay, shaming. Okay, right. Returning back. I'm so sorry. So yeah, Marv. Yeah, I went for. I, I kind of changed the role a bit. I went for someone who can pull off physical comedy quite well, and Good. I wanted to change the sort of aesthetic of you know tall and lanky. I wanted him to be tall, but I kind of wanted sure. to add a bit more weight into him because I think this film's coming out in 2000, so I wanted to change a sort of slapstick style to it. And I know he can do this as well because he's done it in a few films already. But then he does turn into a serious actor five years later. Um, okay. So I'm bringing you someone who actually ends up, um, he dies in 2014. I'm bringing you the great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, you'll know him from uh, the films before, mm -hmm. Twister, Magnolia, um, won an Oscar for paying Truman Capote. Yes. But you, saw, yes. you see that sort of slapstick style in Along Came Polly, Twister in a sort of way where he plays Dusty. Mm -hmm. So he does have the comedic chops to do it. Yes. Um, I was going to point um, out Along Came Polly yes. is. Make the only ready. problem with... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Him. Him. The only problem with him, he is in Almost Famous this year. That's true. Oh my gosh, it's he's playing Lester Bangs in Almost Famous. Nick, yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the one sort of hiccup. One, about that's that. the one hiccup there. That's just a small hiccup. So. <laughs> in all fairness, he looks nothing well, I'm not, like I'm not, I'm not in love with that movie. film as you guys are, but yeah. But yeah, I've already said Philip Seaman Hoffman. Film. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Daniel Stern looks more like Lester Bangs than Philip Seymour Hoffman, oh. which is weird. Okay. okay. Well, hey. It works. It worked. It's a good movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman on the board, but Corey has his has his uh, Ooh, finger wagging yeah, ready. He, he might be ready to stuff yeah. it. We'll see. Cass, who do you have God for damn. Marv? So you said he was 33 three at the time, right? I believe so. Same yeah, as our Lord and Savior. I wanted to try to... <laughs> I wanted to try to get that same age range and I wanted someone like eccentric because he did play like over the top. He did have like a lot of scenes where he was screaming, right? Like just being very extra. So I wanted someone with that same vibe. So I went with Matthew Lillard and I'm taking him out of love labors lost and dish dogs, which I don't know what either of those movies are. Um, I'm okay with losing Spanish them. judges. Uh, Cass. Oh, I didn't Hello. see that. Uh, three movies. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. No, I've never, I've never heard of any of yeah, those. That's but. a lot I of movies, cast. <laughs> big year, it's big year for him. Putting bread on the table. This is, of course, after and uh, after Scream, and then it's before Scooby Doo. So right. I wanted to at least give him something, and even I think it's a year before Thirteen Ghosts. So okay. I wanted to at least give him something like this because it, it, it's, it's very Matthew Lillard, but I think he would just have fun with it and not. It, it would feel like stew, but not killer vibes. Just more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the burglar. I'm gonna leave the. <laughs> sink running and just make a joke out of it where you have harry who is the more serious one of the right. two yeah so it's a yeah. it's a classic straight man goofball comedy yeah. guy combo duo and that's why it works so well yeah ash i love i love you went on a limb i love the alternative thinking 
he's breaking up with you. But it's, <laughs> it's not you. It's, it's me. me. What do I feel like I've and the, it's me and the fact that Almost Famous is out this year. And the fact that Matthew Lillard is a pretty solid, pretty, pretty, pretty great pick. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like Matthew Lillard is almost a modern Daniel Stern. Kind of. To um, an extent. Got more shots, I think, than yeah. Daniel Stern. Yeah. Um, I yeah, would have seen Daniel yeah. Stern as Shaggy. Oh, he would have been a phenomenal Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, he would have. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. This coming off the Catherine O'Hara thing, this was not as well played, in my opinion. <laughs> Like my thing is this, I'm actually more drawn to Ash's like left field choice other than like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Every line he says in Almost Famous is crucial. Yeah. It's all great. He didn't write it, Corey. But still all every one of his lines is great and it's perfect and it's That's awesome. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. And I would have I I love it. It's just yeah, I I'm sorry, I need almost famous. So I can't use my thing. All Even right. though I like the choice I, I a little bit better. No, I, I I like where everybody went. I think I think it's it's good discussion. It's it's good to good what ifs here. Great what ifs here. But yeah, Matthew Lillard. That's who we're going to roll with. I think he's going to do a great job. The, the, both of them could nail the physical comedy. I think Matthew Lillard is going to go to like the eleventh level <laughs> with it. But that's probably going to be for the better. I yeah, think. I don't even so, think I had anyone. Yeah. I think like I think I wrote Vince Vaughn. Down. Well, Adam Sandler's doing little Nikki. Hank Azira yeah. is generally free. Okay. David Arquette's in Rated Rumble. Can't touch that. Uh, and then you got like Orlando yeah. Jones. Jeff Daniels, Marlon Wayans is in a uh, scary movie, and that's Chris Tucker's a free agent. What's Vince Vaughn doing in 2000? Uh, oh, besides, no, 98 was Psycho, so. Yes, so. He's not doing anything. Uh, he, would, he wouldn't have been a good a He would have been great. He's tall, and he would have been the one obsessing over the Wet Bandits thing. Okay, I, I could see that. I could see Maybe that. Maybe not as goofy that. on the comic, but <clears throat> he would have just yelled a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, all right. Let's move on. To Harry. <laughs> Ever since I laid eyes on that house, I wanted it. So let's take it one step at a time, okay? We'll unload the van, we'll get a bite to eat, and we'll come back about 9 o'clock. This way it's dark then. Yeah. Kids are scared of the dark. You're afraid of the dark too, Marv. You know you Played by Joe Pesci, 47 at the time. Um, I'm not close to that age, so uh, no, no age shaming now. Um, it's Joe Pesci. It's, you know, he's Hollywood royalty. Uh, he's, he's doing Goodfellas this exact same year. Uh, <laughs> Back to back. Literally just stabbing people repeatedly in one movie. And, uh, and he, then, he gets a little good fellas at the end of this he when he tries little, to chop off an eight-year-old's fingers. He threatens bite to them kill off. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he's in Casino a couple years after this. Yeah, he just started his legal weapon run as Joe Pesci. It's, yeah. it's one of Martin Scorsese's boys. Um, he's a phenomenal and what, what And that's what makes this work is he was known as the Scorsese guy. He's, yeah. He was the tough guy, character actor, mop guy. But does he, and he does a lot of comedy. Does yeah. this, he does My Cousin Vinny. You yeah, know, but he, that's, this predates that. I know. That's, I mean, I'm just is, saying, like, yeah. no, right now he yeah. would have been the mob guy. Yeah. He would have been Scorsese's guy, Raging Bull, this, you know. Right, like, yeah, and that's guy. why I argue that this works so well is because Pesci's going against type as we know him. Yeah, that's kind of, like, sad that as kids we didn't get to experience that dichotomy because we wouldn't have had the context of Joe Pesci as just being this violent Scorsese actor. That's true. We yeah. just enjoyed This is our actually interest. This is our Joe Pesci. My <laughs> Joe Pesci is, is trying to rob our introduction to Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> then we saw things later like, ooh. Oh, violent there. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Joe Pesci, tough guy, brains, quote unquote, of the of the outfit of the wet bandits. Apparently he repeatedly cussed on set. He did. He had to he had to start making up words apparently. Yeah, he had to say fridge in place of the F word because he just kept swearing and uh, he deliberately avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted Col- Culkin to think he was mean. Method acted. Nailed it. Just, wow, that's kind Killed of Killed it. That's nice things to say about Macaulay Culkin. I'm sure so, he does. Yeah. So. All right, he's, all good. Right. he's good. He's good. Yeah. That's what we're I mean that, that you you want kind of the brains the the tougher of the two, the one that's 
he's even kind of abusive towards ha- uh, to Marv a bit as well. So yeah. He, but he's he's obviously the one that is the pure criminal for sure. Like sometimes you wonder if Marv just got in the wrong place at the wrong time. But Harry's definitely the one. Made that's the like, wrong for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hair pressure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe they're maybe they're cousins or something. I wonder what the lore is there. I wonder what the lore is. Well, while Corey's looking that up, uh, Cass, you made it. So tell us who your pick for Harry is. So I did struggle with Harry because I wanted I wanted someone tough. I wanted someone on his level, like on Joe, Joe Pesci's level. Mm-hmm. But I so I ended up going a little older and I'm about to be like Ash and kind of take this person out of a movie that I know. OK, this time it's oh, what Nick likes, not Corey likes. OK. But I went with 57-year-old Robert De Niro, who was in Meet the Parents, which did very well. But he was also in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Robert De Niro, Corey. Oh. Okay. She's just went with the other, other Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. yeah, I did. I did. I did. I, just because I felt like Robert De Niro gives, gives the friendly vibe, because he does. He has played like the nicer role, but it does it can be intimidating and I could see him being mean to Marv and I don't know. I just feel like De Niro would have fun with it. I've not seen meet the parents. Wait, is she pulling him out of meet the parents? She's trying to. Oh gosh. Okay. Ash, who do you have? <laughs> Ash, who do, who do you have to counter? <laughs> if I just say Bruce Willis, you'll give it to me, right? Okay. No. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I love, I love meet the parents. I love Robert De Niro. Um, Robert De Niro could easily do the role. Um, I've gone for someone a little less known. and I wanted someone a bit, you know, under the radar at the time but he has been in a lot of films um he's very well established in hollywood and i'm just picturing him going against matthew lillard and it does work they're about the same height as well and he does have this authoritative figure um i'm pulling him out of five films this year but he's in five films every year he's that kind of actor the only one that is any good is a coen brothers film which he has done loads of but i am bringing you also italian of decency i'm bringing you john totoro um you will know him from most of the most of the Coen Brothers films, but um, you might probably know him from Barton's Fink, Big Lebowski. Which um, he which was recently in Coen Quiz Coen Show. Yeah, Quiz Show. You try to pull him out of Old Brother, Brother Where Out Loud is the film that you'll be pulling him out of. He's in another film called uh, Defense of the Man, who cried out this star power. So those films were less known, but Oh Brother, Where Out Though is probably the most. It's probably not the greatest Coen Brothers film, I would say, considering he's done Barton's Fink and Big Lebowski. So. And I can see him in that role. He's got that voice. He did go on and play um, quite a few authoritative roles past 2000 as well. I think he got typecast has that. So mm-hmm. He's yeah, also the guy in the Transformers for movies, for people that don't know. Yeah, that's it. He, in a more commercial role, he's the guy who's sort of chasing Shia LaBeouf's character and saying, oh, you need to be yeah. doing this and that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so John Turturro. Okay, guys. Uh, let, me, let me just... I, I said I was going to be really honest at points, and this might be a moment. <laughs> Get him, Nick. Get him. So, Cass, you you screwed up twice. First off, you tried to take him out of Rocky and Boowinkle, which I'm the one (laughs) casting in case you weren't familiar. And Cass knows that I, it's one of my guilty pleasures. That movie means nothing to me. It means nothing to Corey. The way that I've watched it with Nick and he has a pop figure that I bought. And you still (laughs) decided to try and ruin it. He's he plays it anyway. But the other strike you had was that you tried to take him out of Meet the Parents. I've not yeah. seen it. I don't care about here's, it. But here, here's where your so logic good. is good, Cass, and sound, is that this is the point where De Niro starts to steer away from his mob-like tendencies and starts to go into the comedy world. But Meet the Parents is, is the shift. Yeah, it's that's the shift. The shift. And yeah. it's a perfect shift. Yeah, 
it it's the right shift at the right time. You're easing him into it by making him play a criminal, but that's just funny. It's not meet the parents. Yeah. He plays a dad. Yeah. <laughs> so it just yeah no. You don't know Harry could be a dad. He's just stealing to buy for his children. Oh, don't make it sad. <laughs> And fight for it, fight for it. Okay, ask for Ash. Ash, you line up for your rebuking. Uh, Yeah, so John Turturro, also a great pick. In any other year, I probably could do that because here down in let me let me do a little American explaining to you, Ash. I apologize, (laughs) but uh, oh brother, aren't those kind of a big deal around here? And John Turturro is is really it is. It's a big when that movie came out. Every but my grandparents bought the album. That's how good it was. Oh, so God. he's he's a big part of why that movie works because him along with George Clooney. Listen, the, the, those the, the trio they do so well working off each other, and I would be terribly remiss to to remove them from each other. What's the third man's name? He's he's the one that's the lead in the most Tim recent. Tim Blake Nelson. Thank you, Tim Blake Nelson. Also, could have been great as a Marv here, yeah. but alas. <clears throat> Corey Just upset. No one picked Seth Green. <laughs> what? <laughs> Corey, this is probably Seth where Green. I'm gonna. That's where I'm going to be forced to use my override, which terrifies me because we still have Woo! Macaulay Culkin left over. Oh, you're going to go into Macaulay Culkin blind? Yeah. I, I, listen, there's two, there's two legitimate options here, Corey, for me, for me to pull. Okay. Hey. I feel I, one I really want, but the other I think fits better with Matthew Lillard. I really want Ice Cube. Oh, I thought about Ice Cube. But I actually I worry did. that he Ice doesn't Cube. fit with Matthew Lillard. No, that's gonna be it's. It doesn't fit. At no, all. I think it would be. I think it'd be fun. No, I think it'd be Ice like he never changes, plays anyone that collaborates. Completely. My logic here. Oh no, logic. I did say that's who I'm going with. Okay, I'll but say. the logic there was that it was Pesci. It was tough guy has a reputation playing comedic, transitioning into comedy. Ice Cube has not transitioned into dad comedy yet. That's 2005 with Are We There Yet. He's still Three Kings. He's t- this year is next Friday, but, but it is a sequel. The, right there, I'm, I got to stop you. Next Friday is this year. So it's just, I love next Friday. So it's, so it's just as good as Friday. It's so just wait. as good. And all so three wait. Friday movies are great. <clears throat> okay. I stand by that all three are great. Okay. And now, also, this only works considered. if you pull Mike Epps with him. Mike Epps is the only person that's, that's ever that's been able thing. to yeah. collaborate yeah. with Ice Cube. Yeah, you, and, you, need, you need a solid. And Mike Epps would have been a great Marv. He would have been great. Would have been <laughs> Am so I good. hearing Corey's going to override your override? I'm saying he's threatening to override. No, no, no. no I'm no. saying I wouldn't pull Ice Cube out of next Friday at all. But my pick is going to be John Leguizamo. Dang, that's pretty good. I think he has the right. He's also a character actor. He's been in several mob movies himself as well. And I think that he has a general temperament that will go well with the Harry character. Oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. when he's Luigi. also he's yeah, we're, put, we're putting Luigi in here, Corey, but he's he's going to be the lead. Are person. you pulling him out of Mario? This he's year? Not, not not Mario this year. He's okay. he's doing an Arabian Nights TV miniseries. He's like, voicing in. It's not the year he's in. It's not executive in, decision year, is it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the only movie movie is oh. King of the Jungle, and I it's it's not oh, okay. on my on my radar at all. So that's what I think. I think he's the right blend. I think he has that temperament that's right. That and he'll be the straight man with a with an attitude. He'll be able to play the cop at the beginning. That's very calm and reassuring to the family. And then at the same time, he's trying to not curse as he's he'll do well to murder. McCoy yeah, he, he'll do well. He's got that he's edge. He, he's going to play like the leader that's. Pigeoned with the uh, the the buffoon yeah. real well, and he's always and mad him and, at him. Was, him and Lillard are going to play off each other well. Yeah, I think. yeah. I would have gone, gone with uh, with film. You would have gone with Marky Mark. Still... Yeah, I would have gone with Mark Wahlberg. That's funny. Ash, what did you say? I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, my second option, by the way, was Tim Roth, but it was two on the nose. Oh, um, so been I went one a bit. Okay. Older. But no, um, Oh Brother, We're Out, though. It's really interesting to know the cultural difference between those two films. Is, well, they're yeah. the same film. Yeah. I'm just, that is it's interesting. I, I kind of thought that as I was, I was like, oh, that's right. Like, it's it's bigger here, I'll, probably. So yeah. you know, I'll give you an example. Oh Brother, We're Out, though, is basically what Batman and Robin is over there. It's just laughed at here. Really? Wow. It's, it is like a spoof over here. Huh. It's a satirical movie here because of the Coen Brothers filmography. That's just yeah. like, well, they've done a movie like this. Well, Ash, yeah, be careful it's... when you come to Oklahoma because that is beloved. I won't mention it here. at all now. I'm going to be on my best <laughs> behavior. <laughs> In fact, That's I might amazing. have to watch it again. All right. I'm saying, though. I, li- I like what Nick picked. That's good. So thing. our wet bandits will be Matthew Lillard no, like... and John Linguanzamo. I like it. You know yeah, what? It's just... a good pairing. Yeah. Good pairing. We got one left, Corey. Who is it? Still thinking about whether I'd rather see Mark Wahlberg there. Corey. <laughs> no, okay. It's fine. 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 It's Marky Mark. All right. That brings us to Kevin McAllister. Bless his highly nutritious microwave more macaroni and cheese dinner and the people who sold it on sale. Amen. Played by Macaulay Culkin, who was just everything in the early 90s. The greatest child actor of all time? Or does it's, that go it to... It comes down to him or Feldman. Or, or Phoenix. River Phoenix. River Phoenix. He, it's he, River Phoenix has the Kurt Cobain aspect, where if he had kept living, it, we would just only know him for his adult crap. That's true. That had a good run. Mm-hmm. It, it's too small of a sample size. It's just an incredible sample size. Yeah, yeah. Feldman and Culkin <clears throat> nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Nice. Macaulay Culkin. He's known for Home Alone, Home Alone Two, uh, Richie Rich. Um, he. It's speculated they had a drug problem, but he's pretty much come out and said he never had a drug problem. He just kind of like played up to it. He just kind of said, like, when people That's started very speculating Mac- that he was on heroin, he's just like, I'm just going to stop shaving and I'm just going to whatever. It's a very Macaulay Culkin thing to do. Yeah. Um, he dated Mila Kunis before she was kutchered. That's um, a highlight. Yeah, That's that a was highlight. a highlight of his yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Now he's uh, he's married to a very, very famous... Brenda Song. Song yeah. yeah, Brenda Song. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's That's married right. to a very famous person. Um, they have a child. Yeah. Uh, nine years old at the time of filming, but plays an eight-year-old. Macaulay Culkin uh, drew the map that his character used to set up traps. Also kind of a method thing. Oh, He's okay. like, I'm going to draw this. Okay. okay, you know. Many of the shots that focus on Kevin at the beginning of the movie are filmed from above his head, making him seem small and helpless. At the end of the movie, Kevin is mostly shot from below, making him seem taller and more confident. Huh. There you Aww. go, Columbus. All right. There you go. Solid, All right. solid directing. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's stunt double was a very short 30-year-old man. <laughs> I, just, I just think of the clip of the dude following from the from the shelves yeah. and it's just i'm like that's a man that's a yeah. dirty old that man. was seth green yeah. um <laughs> macaulay culkin was only allowed to work on set five hours a day because of child labor laws i bet that was so annoying that's director probably, yeah. you're just like <laughs> can you work 30 more minutes get back in there so um yeah uh it's macaulay culkin i mean you're looking I, I don't even know how what you're looking for nick because he's kind of unprecedented in terms of like it was him I guess you'd also have to throw the Olsons in there yeah. at the time. Well, he had a natural ability about yeah. him. Like, he came off very genuine. Like, a lot of kid actors, they're reading lines. Yeah. Like, we, as we talked about Christina Ricci in the first Adams Family, like, she's a child actor. Mm-hmm. In the second one, it's like, oh, she's learning how to act. This is great. Mm-hmm. But, the, but mm-hmm. like, he, mm-hmm. even when he first, this whole movie was built off the idea of him in Uncle Buck, where he's yeah. sitting there grilling the person through the door, and then also John Candy later. So, like, and even then, he already had, like, this natural charisma to him. And I think that's the thing, is, like, he... In this movie, it's it's a lot of Bugs Bunny. It's a lot of just yeah, a, a lot of lovable, uh, manipulative kind of terror terror of sorts, you will. But like he he has a heart of gold too with the character. Kevin Kevin does mean well. The, he has a great character because he's very self centered at the beginning, and him being alone makes him realize like just how important his family yeah. is to him. But also like right. 
Mike, it forces him to look outward. And that's when we see him dealing with old man Marley, yeah. among other people and such. Very, very talented kid, obviously. Um, yeah, I think at the time it was him and the Olsons were everything. Sure. Um, and then, you know, but uh, Macaulay Culkin's really interesting because people know him for this. They know him for Richie Rich. They know him for these kids movies. Mm-hmm. But he also did Nutcracker Broadway. Which is, I mean, not it's really not, a movie. I mean, not a movie, but he did a Broadway production type of yeah, thing. And yeah. he was in like one of those schools that was very song and dance. He mm-hmm. kind of was like, uh, you know, and then he did a movie in 1993 called The Good Son, when she plays a psychopathic kid. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Opposite of Elijah. Ooh. It's probably two of the best performances by child actors in the same movie, you know? And so I it's like, that. you can tell as a kid, he was trying to take it seriously. It's just at some point, I think his parents ruined him on acting. Yeah, it happens. Like he was going places and then he just said, screw this. So by ha- not having Home Alone be a thing, do you think he takes off later and has a more teenage adult acting? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. You know, where it's not he doesn't get burnt out, probably. Maybe by, so. You know, I mean, he's kind of come back. He's doing know. like American Horror Story and stuff. And right. He's, he's yeah. A comeback. But also his family produced two of the like two more incredible actors that did wait till later. In life right. To yeah. do much. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, Karen. Kieran did nineties. Yeah, Kieran's in this movie. He is uh, Fuller. He's the kid that wets the bed if he drinks Pepsi after yeah. eight or whatever. I don't want to sleep with him. He wets the bed, and so that's a Culkin. Uh, I think he, I think there is a girl Culkin, and she's in Good Son. She's the sister, huh. but that's all she ever did. But then Rory Culkin is also a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, but Kieran just come off a massive run doing Succession, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Culkins, man. So Macaulay yeah. paved the way. Yeah. For other Culkins. So, so that's what we're looking for. And before we get started, I want to be clear, no Culkins are allowed in this spot. If you pick another Culkin, it will automatically go to someone else. If you both pick Culkins, Corey and I will discuss who will play Kevin McAllister. (laughs) So I hope you did some homework and you didn't do the lazy thing. Who made it last? I made it last. Who made it before that? It was Cass. So Cass, pressure's on. Who's your Macaulay Culkin? I'm sorry. Who's your Kevin McAllister? (laughs) Okay. So... This is the one that I casted first, but I like had to write out a list of kid actors from mm-hmm. that time because, again, I was one at the time, but I did watch a lot of stuff in like the early 2000s. Cool. So there were some options I wanted, but they were too old. So I remember at one point I saw Frankie Muniz pop up and I was like, that would actually be a fun pick. Oh, he's 15. Yeah. So I had a worry there, even though he was small in Malcolm in the Middle, he was tiny. So mm-hmm. could have worked. Um, I thought it'd be funny to have Daniel Radcliffe at some point. He would have been nine, but I don't think he would have had the Macaulay Culkin vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he would have just been too hairy, Potter. But um, I went with Cole Sprouse, who is eight at the time. And he had just gotten off of Big Daddy, right. which was the year before. Frankenstein. And he um, he was a free agent. He was only doing Friends episodes. Okay. Because he has been in Friends. And... Yes, for those that don't know who Cole Sprouse is, he was in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah, the Sprouse he... twins, Corey. Yeah, is yeah. there a reason she's shitting on Dylan Sprouse? I don't, I don't know why she's being particular with the Sprouses. Ash, did you pick Dylan Sprouse? Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a no twin comments. battle? Because <laughs> I cannot differentiate. I could tell the Olsons apart, but I'm One of not. them is married to Barbara Palvin. Okay. That's and Dylan. Dylan's a That's lot. Dylan. I Dylan's a lot more athletic. That's why Cass didn't Paul. go with him, because yeah. he's taken. Mm-hmm. He's not single. Shame. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Cole is the one that did the more acting. I think Dylan at that time was just his like backup, almost like the Ashmore twins, like both Sean and Aaron. I hope I didn't just teach you guys that Sean Ashmore has a twin. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. No, why, I, but why would I? Normally, people just refer to the Olsen twins. Yeah, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, because uh, Mary Kate preferred the dramatic stuff. Ashley preferred the comedy. Yeah, it works. Yeah, 
And exactly. it's same with Ashmore twins. Sean does his stuff. Aaron does it. it's fine. But anyway, so anyway, Cole, Cole Sprouse. Yeah. I I only went with Cole because Cole was doing more acting at that time. Dylan would be there like every now and then because I feel like Friends. That was only Cole. It, Dylan was not actually the mm. one doing it. Big Daddy. I think I remember reading that Dylan was in it. But I just went with Cole just because I know Cole was doing a little bit more of the acting and doing more of those like rascal sort of okay. moments. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah. Sure. All right. Cole Sprouse. Cole not Sprouse. Dylan Sprouse is on the board. The right reserved the right to also bring Dylan Sprouse so we get double the child labor hours. Exactly. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly. true. That's good. That's yeah. good. All right, Ash. The Sprouses are on the board. <laughs> Sprouses are on the board. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I like Cole Sprouse because they have a lot of charisma. They've got a personality, and they had it in Friends at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to play dirty just yet. I'm going to let Nick ponder, and then I'm going to fight okay. really dirty in a second. Okay, but I have because I actually I, I think Cole Sprouse is better than my pick. I do, but on a technicality, I Ash, you have to it. sell me. You're not selling me. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm doing a sort of double bluff here. So my okay, person. Okay. Um, is actually I, I, he's a fantastic actor. He's really well established. He has done film. He did a film in 1999. He's also eight years old, exactly the same height. Um, he would later go on to play Charlie Bucket and Norman Bates in a very established role. So I'm giving you mm. Freddie Highmore. Um, you might know him from Finding Neverland, the little boy who's crying with Johnny Depp. He has he's a fantastic actor. So much range. Uh, he can do the American accent. He proved that um, in the younger versions of Finding Neverland and in Norman Bates. Um, and he's got that really creepy vibe about him as well. But then he's also got that child persona and he's definitely got that really, that funness about him as well that he uses in a lot of his movies. Um, the only thing I would say, and I'm not trying to sabotage mine on purpose, that innocent sort of thing he gets typecast in, I think he turns that on his head a lot because when he does play a charismatic actor, he does it really well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I've put Freddie Highmore to the table. Uh, very established in the, in the noughties with Charlie Bucket's Finding yeah. Land. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no issue with Cole Sprouse or Dylan Sprouse. I think that's also a very good pick. But I do like Freddie Highmore. I do think of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with him because Freddie Highmore did a good job as like this young kid who is, mm. you know, with his grandfather going to the Chocolate Factory. I think, and I, because I considered him. So when I heard you say Bates Motel, I instantly was like, damn it, that's exactly mm. who I was thinking of when I was like doing the cast. But I just, I think my only thing with Freddie is, can he do what Macaulay did? And that's not even me fighting for Cole Sprouse. No, but that, that's exactly. Yeah, no, and I actually, it's, it's the, I think what Nick was saying as well, like the way he delivers the lines, like, are you thirsty for more? Like any child actor would just say the line, but you could tell Macaulay Culkin was delivering that line. And yeah. right. it's very hard to have that level of acting at that age as well. So yeah, yeah that I, line, I completely agree with you, Kath. Yeah, That line, Corey, was improved. Which one? Thirsty for more. Nice. So yeah. It, it's um, exactly. Really quick before I make my pick here are a list of child actors from this that i was just pulling you've got uh tyler james williams uh who's got mm. a start in sesame street but then went on to start in everybody hates chris yep uh you've okay. got justin pierre edmund not many people will probably know him but he's great in the preacher's wife starring denzel washington and whitney houston that's all you need to know you need to go watch it right now it is a holiday movie uh xena gray from snow day thought about doing a little switcheroo there and Haley joel osmond could have been could have been okay could have been all right he's 12 at this point though and I did half for a second think about Jake Lloyd, Corey. I felt bad for him and I thought about it, but I went, he's had a Christmas movie and he was in Star Wars. He's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. fine. He's fine. All that to say, let me, put it, let me put this into perspective this way. If you're giving me Kevin McAllister and Charlie Bucket in a fisticuffs fight, Kevin McAllister is going to kick Charlie Bucket's ass. 
And what I mean by that is that Char- Charlie Bucket and Freddie Highmore, he's a really sweet kid. He's really nice. And that's the vibe that he gives off in a lot of those early childhood performances. I don't think he has the snarkiness that you get from a Macaulay Culkin. But I do think it's there with the Cole and Dylan Sprouse unit, because and which we saw a few years prior in Big Daddy. Sweet. So okay. I think so. That was also probably my final pick at the end was a, a Cole Dylan Sprouse uh, combo. So great discussion, love it. Cole and Dylan Sprouse is our Kevin McAllister. Yes. Oh. Can, can, I, can yes. I fight dirty here now? Am I allowed to uh, fight a little dirty? I mean, my hands off the chess piece. I mean, I've got a. Is, I don't know. Is it? Is it? It's it. The pinkies. I still got a host over override. Yeah, Corey has a host override. I'll hear you out, but. I Hit don't like Freddie Highmore for the same reason I wouldn't like Haley Joel Osment. They're phenomenal, <laughs> dramatic mm, there it is. kid yeah, actors. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna take down Cass with me then. I guess. <laughs> um, does half a TV credit constitute as a film credit? Half? How do you go half? Because he wasn't playing the role. It was him and Dylan. Uh, he's saying he's saying that Cass is like. Oh, Cole's only credit to this point was he only played half a character because Dylan played the other half. Uh, that's a technicality. But no, but but Cole did Big Daddy, which was 1999. Okay, so and still he still splitting, friends. and he was doing Friends. So mm. two Sprouse is equal in one, friends. in my opinion, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Ash, I appreciate oh, the attempt. Listen, you, you tried <laughs> you tried to lawyer up, and it, it no, was a I and I appreciate I what you did. I did do my like research on. No, Dylan no, but I wanted, to, I wanted the establishment of like this film will be a twins movie, not a. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only person I thought of for this role from that age didn't get their first mm. acting credit till 2001. So I just I didn't even try who, after. Who, I would have had who? Miranda Cosgrove in a second. I thought about. Oh, no, yeah, I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah. you. Second. 100 percent. I so. wanted her. I wanted wow. her, but I saw her acting credit. Which and that was 2001 mad. for Smallville was yeah. her first acting oh, credit. Oh, would have been eight. That would have been good. Yeah, oh, Alison yeah, Stoner from the Cheaper by the Dozen would have been good. She would have also been really good. Didn't have a credit yeah. yet. Yeah, so she yeah, was in yeah. Missy Elliott's rap oh video. God, too, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. Was, she, was it before uh, or after? after. Um, it was after. No, no, no. Yeah. J- j- when Eminem's Just Lose It came out, because I know Allison's Just Lose It's further down, further down yeah. the line. Yeah, it's mid 2000s. Yeah. yeah. All right. No, well, uh, Cass, I'll shake your hand. Cole Sprouse is uh, is, is, is good. Thank you, Nick. Would you like to read us the final cast for Home Alone 2000? All right, from the bottom to the top, Pizza Boy will be played by Macaulay Culkin himself. Uncle Frank will be played by David Kirkner. I can't ever say his name right, but uh, Champ Kind from Anchorman. Peter McAllister, the dad, will be played by the eternal dad, Dennis Quaid. Gus Polinski, the polka king, will be played by Don Stark of that 70s show fame. Old Man Marley, oh, excuse me, Buzz, the older brother, will be played by Seth Rogen. Old Man Marley will be played by That'll Do Pig, That'll Do, James Cromwell. Kate McAllister will be brought to the screen by, by Jamie Lee Curtis. Marv of the Wet Bandits will be played by Matthew Lillard. Harry, his uh, de facto leader, will be played by Joe Pesci's uh, in- inherent actor, John Leguizamo. And of course, at the top, Kevin McAllister, played by the duo known as Cole and Dylan Sprouse. And that nice. is Home Alone in 2000. Woo! It works. It does work. I like it. It's fun. Yeah. I think it works. I like it. I do like it. I blame Dennis, but because Jack Quaid never stepped foot on a movie screen until he's. Yeah. But Jack Quaid, I wonder if he would have been a great child actor. And his dad could have played 
He's a great actor now. <laughs> Literally, when I put when I when I put Dennis Quaid in, I said, "Oh, what was Jack doing? Oh, he yeah, didn't start doing something. Yeah, Dad let him do anything." <laughs> Next season, he was lazy actor kid. I saw it as like his dad's like, "You're not acting until you're 20. You don't have you don't have what it takes. You don't what have was the balls." Before that, then just nothing. So, all right, it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. So, dad protecting him from childhood stardom, and also fair. Jack probably just being like, "Hey, there's a lot of money around mm-hmm. here." Mick Ryan's also his mom, right? Yes. Yeah. See, they're both. So there's going just like, a lot of money yeah, lying yeah, around. Yeah. He's just like he had fun stuff to they're, do. They're doing okay. So he had a PlayStation and a Nintendo 64. Yeah. So. He was busy. Lucky. All right. Well, that is Home Alone 2000. Nick, are you satisfied? I think so. I feel good. feel good about what we've got here. Right. I feel like Christmas isn't ruined, guys, so you've done it. Woo, Congrats. Good job. good job, guys. All right. Well. And that's that's the end of the year for us, basically. Is, yeah. So, we have a couple of... Little mini-sodes? Yeah. Coming have, out? Yeah, we have, we have a, one or two things we'll throw at you. I mean, we're going to yeah. spoil it. Yeah, but... I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, I was about to. Oh, we're going to spoil it? No, you can spoil we, it. we don't have to spoil I mean, it. We spoil it. Okay, we're, we're going to do a, a defense of the sequel, Home Alone 2, yeah. next. Yeah. And that'll, that'll be our little wrap-up. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to Krampus that me and Cass take back to the 90s to recast. Yeah. Um, but be sure to listen to that, yeah. this one, and the next one for all your Christmas uh, festivities. Or so, you know, if you just don't want to listen to anybody, you can just yeah, listen to yourself. that's fine. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we now can take Home Alone off the board. It's one less child actor we have to deal with. Uh, we're going to have to re Oh my gosh, we here. will never, I will never do that. We got re- to rethink the rules here. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you listening. Find us on social media. We'll see you next time. Say goodnight, Nick. Merry Christmas, Nick. Should I just say it? Oh, <laughs> uh, you love Christmas, Nick. Good night, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>